My name is Professor Rachel Bodell, and you're listening to The Bible in a Year, The Story Podcast, where we encounter a living God that is calling us to live a life from, with, and for Him. This podcast is designed to help you listen to the one connected story of the Bible and understand it perhaps just a little bit better by learning from biblical scholars that have helped me. We will read the Bible out loud and explore how the one connected story of the kingdom of God is unfolding and how we fit into that story today. This is day 75, and I'm reading from the NIV version of the Bible, Numbers 27 and 28, Deuteronomy 28, and Psalm 112. Numbers 27, the daughters of Zelophehad, son of Hefer, the son of Gilead, the son of Mekur, the son of Manasseh, belonged to the clans of Manasseh, son of Joseph. The names of the daughters were Mahalal, Noah, Hagla, Milcah, and Terhazah. They came forward and stood before Moses, Eleazar the priest, the leaders, and the whole assembly at the entrance to the tent of meeting, and said, Our father died in the wilderness. He was not among Korah's followers who banded together against the Lord, but he died for his own sin and left no sons. Why should our father's name disappear from his clan because he has no sons? Give us property among our father's relatives. So Moses brought their case before the Lord, and the Lord said to him, What Zelophehad's daughters are saying is right. You must certainly give them property as an inheritance among their father's relatives and give their father's inheritance to them. Say to the Israelites, if a man dies and leaves no son, give his inheritance to his daughter. If he has no daughter, give his inheritance to his brothers. If he has no brothers, give his inheritance to his father's brothers. If his father had no brothers, give his inheritance to the nearest relative in his clan, that he may possess it. This is to have the force of law for the Israelites, as the Lord commanded Moses. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go up this mountain in the Abiram range, and see the land that I have given the Israelites. After you have seen it, you too will be gathered to your people, as your brother Aaron was. For when the community rebelled at the waters in the desert of Zin, both of you disobeyed my command to honor me as holy before their eyes. These were the waters of Meribah, Kadesh, and the desert of Zin. Moses said to the Lord, May the Lord, the God who gives breath to all living things, appoint someone over this community to go out and come in before them, one who will lead them out and bring them in, so the Lord's people will not be like sheep without a shepherd." So the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua, son of Nun, a man in whom is the spirit of leadership, and lay your hand on him. Have him stand before Eleazar the priest and the entire assembly and commission him in their presence. Give him some of your authority so the whole Israelite community will obey him. He is to stand before Eleazar the priest, who will obtain decisions for him by inquiring of the Urim before the Lord. At his command, he and the entire community of the Israelites will go out, and at his command, they will come in. Moses did as the Lord commanded him. He took Joshua and him stand before Eleazar the priest and the whole assembly. Then he laid his hands on him and commissioned him, as the Lord instructed through Moses. The Lord said to Moses, Give this commandment to the Israelites and say to them, Make sure that you present to me at the appointed time my food offering as an aroma pleasing to me. Say to them, This is the food offering you are to present to the Lord, two lambs a year old without defect, as regular burnt offerings each day. Offer one lamb in the morning and the other at twilight. 
together with a grain offering of a tenth of an ephah of the finest flour mixed with a quarter of a hin of oil from pressed olives. This is regular burnt offering instituted at Mount Sinai as a pleasing aroma, a food offering presented to the Lord. The accompanying drink offering is to be quartered of a hin of fermented drink with each lamb. Pour out the drink offering to the Lord at the sanctuary. Offer the second lamb of twilight along with the same kind of grain offering and drink offerings that you offer in the morning. This is a food offering, an aroma pleasing to the Lord. On the Sabbath day, make an offering of two lambs a year, old without defect, together with its drink offering and a grain offering of two tenths of an ephah of the finest flour mixed with olive oil. This is the burnt offering for every Sabbath, in addition to the regular burnt offering and drink offering. On the first of every month, present the Lord a burnt offering of two young bulls, one ram and seven male lambs a year, old, all without defect. With each bull, there is to be grain offering of three-tenths of an ephah of the finest flour mixed with oil. With the ram, a grain offering of two-tenths of an ephah of the finest flour mixed with oil. And with each lamb, a grain offering of a tenth of an ephah of the finest flour mixed with oil. This is for a burnt offering, a pleasing aroma, a food offering presented to the Lord. With each bull, there is to be a drink offering of a half a hen of wine, with the ram a third of a hen, and with each lamb a quarter of a hen. This is the monthly burnt offering to be made at each new moon during the year. Besides the regular burnt offering with its drink offering, one male goat is to be presented to the Lord as a sin offering. On the 14th day of the first month, the Lord's Passover is to be held. On the 15th day of this month, there is to be a festival. For seven days, each bread made without yeast. On the first day, hold a sacred assembly and do regular work. Present to the Lord a food offering consisting of a burnt offering of two young bulls, one ram, and seven male lambs, a year old, all without defect. With each bull, offer a grain offering of three-tenths of an ephah of the finest flour mixed with oil. With the ram, two-tenths, and with each of the seven lambs, one-tenth. Include one male goat as a sin offering to make atonement for you. Offer these in addition to the regular morning burnt offerings. In this way, present the food offering every day for seven days as an aroma pleasing to the Lord. It is to be offered in addition to the regular burnt offerings and its drink offering. On the seventh day, hold a sacred assembly and do no regular work. On the day of the first fruits, when you present to the Lord an offering of new grain during the festival of weeks, hold a sacred assembly and do no regular work. Present a burnt offering of two young bulls, one ram, and seven male lambs, a year old, as an aroma pleasing to the Lord. With each bull, there is to be a grain offering of three-tenths of an ephah of the finest flour mixed with oil. With the ram, two-tenths, and with each of the seven lambs, one-tenth. Include one male goat to make atonement for you. Offer these together with their drink offerings, in addition to the regular burnt offering and its grain offering. Be sure the animals are without defect. Deuteronomy 28, if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands, I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on earth. All these blessings will come on you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. You will be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed and the crops of your land and the young of your livestock, the calves of your herd and the lambs of your flocks. Your basket and your kneading trough will be blessed. You will be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. The Lord will grant that the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. They will come at you from one direction but flee from you in seven. The Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hand to. 
The Lord your God will bless you in the land he is giving you. The Lord will establish you as his holy people, as he promised you on oath. If you keep the commands of the Lord your God and walk in obedience to him, then all the people on earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they will fear you. The Lord will grant you abundant prosperity in the fruits of your womb, the young of your livestock, and the crop of your ground, in the land he swore to your ancestors to give you. The Lord will open the heavens, the storehouse of his bounty, to send rain on your land in season and to bless all the work of your hands. You will lend to many nations, but will borrow from none. The Lord will make you the head, not the tail, if you pay attention to the commands of the Lord your God that I give you this day and carefully follow them, you will always be at the top, never at the bottom. Do not turn aside from any of the commands I give you today, to the right or to the left, following other gods and serving them. However, if you do not obey the Lord your God and do not carefully follow all his commands and decrees I am giving you today, all these curses will come on you and overtake you. You will be cursed in the city and cursed in the country. Your basket and your kneading trough will be cursed. The fruit of your womb will be cursed and the crop of your land and the calves of your herds and the lambs of your flocks. You will be cursed when you come in and cursed when you go out. The Lord will send on you curses, confusion, and rebuke in everything you put your hand to until you are destroyed and come to a sudden ruin because of the evil you have done in forsaking him. The Lord will plague you with disease until you have destroyed you from the land you are entering to possess. The Lord will strike you with wasting disease, with fever and inflammation, with scorching heat and drought, with blight and mildew, which will plague you until you perish. The sky over your head will be bronze, the ground beneath you iron. The Lord will turn the rain of your country into dust and powder. It will come down from the skies until you are destroyed. The Lord will cause you to be defeated before your enemies. You will come at them from one direction, but flee from them in seven, and you will become a thing of horror to all the kingdoms on earth. Your carcass will be food for all the birds and the wild animals, and there will be no one to frighten them away. The Lord will afflict you with the boils of Egypt and with tumors, festering sores, and the itch from which you cannot be cured. The Lord will afflict you with madness, blindness, and confusion of mind. At midday, you will grope about like a blind person in the dark. You will be unsuccessful in everything you do. Day after day, you will be oppressed and robbed with no one to rescue you. You will be pledged to be married to a woman, but another will take her and rape her. You will build a house, but you will not live in it. You will plant a vineyard, but you will not even begin to enjoy its fruit. Your ox will be slaughtered before your eyes, but you will eat none of it. Your donkey will be forcibly taken from you and not be returned. Your sheep will be given to your enemies and no one will rescue them. Your sons and daughters will be given to another nation and you will wear out your eyes watching for them day after day, powerless to lift a hand. A people that you do not know will eat what your land and labor produce and you will have nothing but cruel oppression all your days. The sights you will see will drive you mad. The Lord will afflict your knees and legs with painful boils that cannot be cured spreading from the soles of your feet to the top of your head. The Lord will drive you and the king you set over you to a nation unknown to you or your ancestors. There you will worship other gods, gods of wood and stone. You will become a thing of horror, a byword, and an object of ridicule among all the people where the Lord will drive you. You will sow much seed in the field, but you will harvest little, because locusts will devour it. You will plant vineyards and cultivate them, but you will not drink the wine or gather the grapes because worms will eat them. You will have olive trees throughout your country, but you will not use the oil because the olives will drop off. You will have sons and daughters, but you will not keep them because they will go into captivity. Swarms of locusts will take over all the trees and the crops of your land. 
The foreigners who reside among you will rise above you higher and higher, but you will sink lower and lower. They will send to you, but you will not lend to them. They will be the head, but you will be the tail. All these curses will come on you. They will pursue you and overtake you until you are destroyed because you did not obey the Lord your God and observe the commands and decrees he gave you. They will be a sign and a wonder to you and your descendants forever because you did not serve the Lord your God joyfully and gladly in the time of prosperity. Therefore, in hunger and thirst and nakedness and dire poverty, you will serve the enemies the Lord sent against you. You will put an iron yoke on your neck until he has destroyed you. The Lord will bring a nation against you from far away, from the ends of the earth like an eagle swooping down, a nation whose language you will not understand, a fierce-looking nation without respect for the old or pity for the young. They will devour the young of your livestock and the crops of your land until you are destroyed. They will leave you no grain, no wine or olive oil, nor any calves of your herd or lambs of your flock until you are ruined. They will lay siege to all the cities throughout your land until the high fortified walls in which you trust fall down. They will besiege all the cities throughout the land the Lord your God is giving you. Because of the suffering your enemy will inflict on you during the siege, you will eat the fruit of the womb, the flesh of the sons and daughters the Lord your God has given you. Even the most gentle and sensitive man among you will have no compassion on his own brother or the wife he loves or his surviving children. And he will not give to one of them any of the flesh of his children that he is eating. It will be all he has left because of the suffering your enemy will inflict on you during the siege of all your cities." The most gentle and sensitive woman among you, so sensitive and gentle that she would not venture to touch the ground with the sole of her foot, will begrudge the husband she loves and her own son or daughter, the afterbirth from her womb and the children she bears. For in her dire need, she intends to eat them secretly because of the suffering your enemy will inflict on you during the siege of your cities. If you do not carefully follow all the words of this law, which are written in this book, and do not revere this glorious and awesome name, the Lord your God, the Lord will send fearful plagues on you and your descendants, harsh and prolonged disasters, and severe and lingering illness. He will bring on you all the disease of Egypt that you dread, and they will cling to you. The Lord will also bring on you every kind of sickness and disaster not recorded in the book of the law until you are destroyed. You who are as numerous as the stars in the sky will be left but few in number, because you did not obey the Lord your God. Just as it pleased the Lord to make you prosper and increase in number, so it will please Him to run and destroy you. You will be uprooted from the land you are entering to possess. Then the Lord will scatter you among all nations from one end of the earth to the other. There you will worship other gods, gods of wood and stone, which neither you nor your ancestors have known. Among those nations you will find no repose, no resting place for the sole of your foot. There the Lord will give you an anxious mind, eyes weary with longing and a despairing heart. You will live in constant suspense, filled with dread, both night and day, never sure of your life. In the morning you will say, If only it were evening, and in the evening, if only it were morning, because of the terror that will fill your heart and the sights that your eyes will see. The Lord will send you back in ships to Egypt on a journey I said you should never make again. There you will offer yourselves for sale to your enemies as male and female slaves, but no one will buy you. Psalm 112. Praise the Lord. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in his commands. Their children will be mighty in the land. The generations of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in their houses, and their righteousness endures forever. Even in darkness, light dawns for the upright, for those who are gracious and compassionate and righteous. Good will come to those who are generous and lend freely, who conduct their affairs with justice. Surely the righteous will never be shaken. They will be remembered forever. 
They will have no fear of bad news. Their hearts are steadfast, trusting in the Lord. Their hearts are secure. They will have no fear. In the end, they will look in triumph on their foes. They have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Their horn will be lifted high in honor. The wicked will see and be vexed. They will gnash their teeth and waste away. The longings of the wicked will come to nothing. Dr. Reynolds talks about two stories within Numbers 27 about those that act righteous. First are the the five daughters of Zelophehad, who are described as being right in verse 7, and Joshua, one of two remaining from the first generation, who is described as being filled with the Spirit in verse 18. This is so interesting to me. The gift of the Spirit seems to be introduced much sooner than I used to think it was in the Bible. So cool. These stories are about leadership and followership. The first story about the daughters of Zelophehad is so interesting because it might read like they have greed or are prideful, but God's response in calling them right in verse 7 seems to imply no to the greedy or pride assumption. Dr. Reynolds points out that he sees these five women as understanding that inheritance is about the Lord himself. Moses takes this case to the Lord and it seems to help answer situational factors that are important and provide a type of case law to the people of Israel where there really wasn't one before. Provision is made for daughters where there are no sons, no children or no siblings, and even in no uncle situations. Yet, the matter is not quite settled, as we shall discover in chapter 36, where we learn that to keep the inheritance and pass it down, all five daughters agree to marry within the tribe. And while Moses was a Levite and spoke to God directly in his leadership, some of his authority is being transferred to Joshua. And Joshua has the spirit, and there is this mention of Urim. This section of the story, Dr. Reynolds points out, this is the first and one of four in the Bible that describes leadership in a countercultural way at the time, as a shepherd, perceived as more gentle and caring over a commanding and dictating militant leader. Dr. Reynolds also points out how in Numbers 28, God calls it my offering. The offering is the people's response to God's rescue, and there is a rhythm to this giving and this remembrance. Remember, the number one defense against drift is coming close to the details, remembering and listening. If you've ever learned a sport or instrument, you know, I know, how important practice is to the game or the recital. If we want something to become muscle memory, we must have a rhythm of practice. And similarly, there is a key difference between knowledge and information, which I think might get a bit confused in our search culture. (laughs) To search is to collect information or be informed, but to know is something entirely different. Knowledge requires someone to remember the right information in the right situation at the right time in order to be helpful or useful. This requires a rhythm of practice. That's one of the many reasons I love doing this podcast with you. We're creating a rhythm of practice, which centralizes, puts God and his story close first all around us because we're a part of his story. It reorients our hearts and our lives. In Deuteronomy 27, we left off with the sense of urgency. A decision must be made, and there are consequences or curses to drift and self-exile into self-righteousness or self-pleasure. In this chapter, 28, we are reminded of God's promises and blessings of provision and progeny, fruitfulness in God's economy. 
We focus on God's purpose for our lives and relationship with Him, others, and creation. And we don't have to think about the outcome because God is sovereign over the provision and progeny, and He wants to bless us in His time and way in a kingdom with no end. We have to have faith in these promises and remember, come close to keep our hearts from trying to take blessings, to create our own idols, and to manipulate and do things that just pull us into the shadows and darkness, which essentially leads lead to all sorts of, you know, hurting each other and just there is endless description in that story of all the consequences that occur when we pull away from God's will and His ways. Pray for me, I'm praying for you. My prayer is this, found in Philippians 1, 9 through 11, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. What is this fruit? It is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Galatians 5, 22 through 24. See you tomorrow.